we do a lot of cross communication and that gets lost, you know, across asynchronous, synchronous forms and mediums. And so I think this could be quite powerful for efficiency, but also allowing people to work more creative work. And that's actually where I see, you know, the next generation of native AI founders pick that up. So, you know, we can talk more about new tools, new ways of learning. It's constantly about growing and experimenting too. So it's not just about sort of building your position as a business and a brand, but how can you as founders constantly grow and take new technology and infrastructure? I think one thing that we're definitely looking at right now is how do we constantly teach our team to adopt new tools so then they essentially replace what they're currently doing. Welcome to Products with Purpose. My name is Eli Harrell. I'm the host of the show, and I'm really glad you're here. I designed this show to support people across the planet who are working to solve meaningful problems, innovators, change makers. A lot of times we interview founders of purpose-driven, impact-driven startups, maybe authors, coaches, anybody out there who is seeking to serve and to be the best possible ancestors that they can be for future generations. If that's you or you're thinking about heading in that direction, then I hope this is the place for you. We want to cross-pollinate ideas. We want to help people connect with each other. And you know, when you hear the cool things that are happening, you hear the amazing technology and innovation that's happening around the world. I hope that it also gives you a little bit extra reason for optimism to believe that we might just turn this ship in the right direction after all, because I think we need some counterbalance to the bad news that surrounds us. If you hear something inspiring, if you find someone that you want to talk to more, you want to connect with, please don't hesitate to email me at Eli at EliHerald.com. And I also love feedback. So please reach out. Let me know if you have any ideas for how to make the show better, someone we should interview or something you think we need to improve. If you think that this show is worth sharing, I really would appreciate if you do take a moment and tell somebody about it, put it on social media, comment really helps us out in growing the show. And thank you so much for being here. Let's jump into today's episode. In this episode of Products with Purpose, episode number 102, I'm speaking with Will Fan for the second time. He is the CEO and founder of New Campus, which is a contemporary business school catering to Southeast Asia, enhancing managers' capabilities within the next generation companies. Will's focus revolves around the fusion of education, community, and emerging markets. And over the past 10 years, he's been actively engaged in regions like China, Southeast Asia, and the Middle East. In this update, Reconnect episode, you'll hear us talking about things like empowering young leaders and learners in underrepresented communities, navigating the challenges of a changing market while building a sustainable business, how we can leverage AI and new tools to streamline communication and increase efficiency, especially in education technology, exploring new opportunities and partnerships to scale our impact, and how we can support education companies in emerging markets and foster long-term growth. I hope you enjoy this touch base episode with Will. If so, please do take time to share it with somebody who you think would be inspired by it. And thank you so much for being here. Let's get into it. Will, welcome back to Products with Purpose. Eli, it's been some time. It's been two years, apparently. I'm pretty sure it's been right around two years. I didn't check the exact date, but yeah, it has. And yeah. Hard to believe, right? How many episodes have you, you, you pushed since? Right around 100. So, and you were episode two i think so yeah it was should be about two years yeah a lot of it is consistency isn't it i think so mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun i've learned a lot 
from tons of people. But yeah, you're the first person that I've invited back for kind of an update. And mm -hmm. I'd love to, I guess, start out with remind people what new campus is, what are you guys doing? And maybe a little bit about what's the impact you're most proud of so far? Yeah, it's been a, I mean, if we're looking two years, it's been definitely a very interesting 24 months for us. You know, for those that don't know, I run an online business school. We focus on management training, growth stage companies in Southeast Asia called New Campus. And I think, you know, a lot of my life's work has really been around empowering young leaders, young learners, especially from emerging regions, unrepresented communities, underrepresented communities. I think, you know, one big update that we're pretty excited about is we've recently partnered with a few big corporates, big investors to launch our own education foundation. So with this whole tech winter and crypto winter, it's really allowed us to rethink, you know, scaling our work, but more importantly, how do you empower other entrepreneurs in the education and future workspace to do the same. Can you tell us a little bit more about the foundation? Yeah, That's yeah. Exciting. So I think towards the end of last year, a lot of our, our thesis was really gross powered by venture capital. And this was, you know, a combination of us being a VC backed startup, but also a big portion of our customers being in that sector. And then when, you know, the, the winter hit, we saw signals on companies rethinking profitable margins, rethinking their business model, SVB hit at the start of this year, and that became a domino effect into capital and the access of capital. And so for me, you know, having built two education companies over the past decade, you know, a lot of our headspace was how do you lean on, you know, capital, but also how do you build a profitable, sustainable growth business? And that was actually where, you know, the guys at Anamoka they're one of the largest web-free businesses globally. And they had recently launched Crypto Foundation for Education. And they've asked us to support, run, look at workforce integration. So I think, you know, a combination of timing around how do you, A, grow as a business, but also look at alternative ways to, to, to move forward. So, yeah, we're currently, you know, working with that 100 million, you know, in the form of running an accelerator investment and everything in between. First cohort actually started last week. So I'm pretty excited to, to see how we can spread the new campus journey across these businesses, but also, you know, actually lift a lot of founders who are going through a similar path. Nice. So the online business school, you are still focusing mostly on empowering young, young leaders. Are these, you, you mentioned underrepresented communities. Can you tell us a little bit more about kind of where, where that focus has been? Yeah. So for us, the thesis has actually been very similar to when we first met early, you know, mid 2014, 2015, right? You know, how do you actually create education experiences that are accessible, that work for this new world? You know, around 2022, when we really honed in on early stage to growth stage tech companies, we saw a very, you know, fast path of young businesses that scaled from 50, 100 to 1000 people, you know, within the span of 12, 18 months. And so it's really looking at these markets like Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines that have a young workforce, but more often than not actually lack the skills to lead and manage. And so, you know, over the past, you know, two years, we've really built a position in that space, um, working with HR, with business leaders, with, you know, C-suite to really think about the people behind their companies. And I think that has, you know, obviously rewarded us with brand recognition and you know, more partnerships like the foundation that has approached us. Amazing. The 
Yeah, the, just the whole change in the availability of VC capital. So you were saying that a lot of the companies that you were working for, a lot of your clients were actually heavily relying on on the availability of VC funding, right? And that with that change, you've you've seen major differences in the in the places that you would be serving. Yeah, yeah. I think the market comes in cycles, and during the bull market when capital was cheap, you'd see e-commerce, fintech, cybersecurity. Now AI companies have access to you know capital on the fly. And that forced a lot of companies to grow at all cost, you know, five, seven, 10 X per year. That also then trickled down into hiring and people management, which is the space that we play in. But now that the market's kind of pulled back, it's made a lot of, you know, reset in terms of what makes a great business and how do you build in a more sustainable way? And I think that was a bit of a shock in the system because as a company that, you know, raises every 18 months, now you are in a position where you need to completely steer the ship in a different direction. And I think that was actually part of our learning when it came to, you know, reworking our thesis in terms of the clients that we work with, how we teach our courses, but more importantly, how do we share, you know, that pivot to the rest of our learners as they kind of rethink their leadership positions. What are some of the things that you've seen change in the last couple of years in just the education space in general or, or ed tech in particular? So obviously the pandemic shifted a lot of resources towards online learning tools like Riverside, you know, Zoom is now essentially the default meeting tool. And I do think, you know, that was a great highlight for a lot of education players emerging. There's actually so many new exciting products that have, you know, looked at supporting K-12 all the way to workforce, all the way to elderly education. But with that, now that the funding has dried up. We're actually seeing a bloodbath of companies that are either winding down, getting aqua hired, or realizing that they were really solving a business for a pandemic world. And so as we kind of move back into a hybrid, not even hybrid, going back to normals here, what does it mean for all these businesses that have either sort of created a new market or solved a problem for a window of that yeah. marketing? And there are many companies that I'm seeing now that are rethinking their position or even looking at winding down at the end of the day. So I think that's just the nature of too much capital, too much ease in building business. And I think it goes back to grit. How can a founder move through different cycles and empower their team to think about moving forward together? What are some of the things you've had to do in these past two years on that note with grit and empowering your team and adjusting to forces outside your control? Just keep hunkering down. We grew our team very rapidly at the end of last year. And with the funding drought, we also got impacted. So we had to do some, you know, restructuring, some layoffs, and again, rethink business position on, you know, do we want to serve just tech companies in Southeast Asia, or do you want to open new products that provide better margins? Is scalability as important if capital, you know, isn't as accessible anymore? And so really, you know, thinking more first principles around how do you build a timeless brand has been our North Star over the past decade. This is not the first downturn that we've experienced, but is the first for many. So I think what we're observing right now, you know, how other companies are repositioning themselves in the new world. And that's just going to come down to, are they strong enough in terms of founders to coach their team to move through? Do they have enough pattern recognition in identifying opportunities that other people can't see, but also is this actually what they want to do? I think um, a lot of folks try to build in the education future of workspace, 
but maybe they shouldn't because it is a 10, 15, 20 year grind. And if you wanted to do something meaningful and impactful, is there something that you can truly commit yourself for a long-term period? Yeah. Great questions. I'm, I'm building an impact oriented education community and platform in the Philippines right now. And it's something I'm super passionate about. So I'm pretty confident that, that the answer is yes, but yeah, it's not easy. I think trying to help innovate and just evolve the future of learning is just a super complicated thing in this world right now, but mm -hmm. we need, we need people who are willing to navigate it. So I appreciate what you're doing. You're saying that you guys needed to look for, you, you referenced looking for ways to be more scalable and not solely rely on tech companies in Southeast Asia. So specifically what kind of companies have you found or where have you found other niches or other opportunities for, for scale? Yeah, I think it's great that we have a foundation behind us because it's not worrying about capital as much. But I think one thing that we're thinking a lot about is, are there other new campuses in the world that we could potentially partner up with? And this is something that, you know, we actually look very closely into traditional education models where a lot of growth has been through M&A, through partnerships, through cross collaboration. And so as we go through the next six, 12, 18 months, we'll definitely be looking at other partnerships that are synergistic with our technology, synergistic with our user base, but also can we learn from those founders that have built presence in Latin, in Africa, in the Middle East. So yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity in finding great companies in the world right now. And especially when there's less noise, it's a bear market. You have true builders that really, you know, want to obviously solve their bigger cause, but have the capability to execute and succeed in this environment. Not just playing the capital raising game. Mm -hmm. What are the types of companies, like in case I come across them in my journeys, what, what would be a description of the kind of company you're looking for that, that you'd love to partner with or talk to? I think challenger schools is still a very big part of our thesis. And one thing I question a lot about Eli is whether or not there's going to be a decline in global digital skills, or is it looking at certain markets that there's an increase in that? So for example, in the past half a decade, you've seen a flurry of new coding boot camps after General Assembly, after Trilogy Education. So then the question is, are there enough jobs for the boot camp coding space? Or is there going to be a new category of careers with the rise of AI, the rise of, you know, superconductors, for example? And so we're looking a lot at where is the future career paths that will be thriving or sunsetting. And then the second thing is where the technology opportunities where we can overlay across the companies going through our accelerator. I think a lot of businesses right now are looking for an AI play, but the challenge is it's going to cost a lot of money to actually build in that infrastructure. So there's two ways that we're looking at this one is obviously great businesses that built a vertical a position in their market, but also technology folks that need that distribution. And then could we potentially acquire work with them to scale that across our ecosystem? So. I think we're thinking a lot bigger now, and instead of a building internally, how do we go through partnerships and cross collaboration to move forward? Got it. Thank you. Speaking of AI, what, what are your, I mean, none of us can predict exactly how AI is going to affect the job market in the, you know, mid, mid to longer term future, but what are you hearing, seeing, you know, what do you think we should be thinking about when it comes to, yeah, education, future of work? the types of jobs that will or won't be worth the skills that are, that we should stop learning, you know, any, any insights there? 
So I, I definitely think that there's a lot of interest in this space and it's a big thanks to ChatGPT and how easily accessible it has been. You know, 70% of my day now actually incorporates ChatGPT and other AI tools. And that's definitely streamlined my efficiency and work that I do. But I think that, you know, with a big workforce, new campus workforce, big, big teams in, in Southeast Asia, I do think a lot about how can they leverage their skill set to streamline their, you know, KPIs, their goals, their, their learning as well. And one, you know, skill set in particular is, you know, just communication. We do a lot of cross communication and that gets lost, you know, across asynchronous, synchronous forms and mediums. And so I think this could be quite powerful for efficiency, but also allowing people to work more creative work. And that's actually where I see, you know, the next generation of native AI founders pick that up. So, you know, we can, you know, talk more about, you know, new tools, new ways of learning. It's constantly about growing and experimenting too. So it's not just about sort of building your position as a business and a brand, how can you as founders constantly grow and take new technology and infrastructure. I think one thing that we're definitely looking at right now is how do we constantly teach our team to adopt new tools so then they essentially replace what they're currently doing. Yep, totally agree. Talk about, you mentioned an accelerator. I think it's connected to the foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about who that's for and, and what kind of an accelerator it is? So one big part of this year was obviously figuring out how do we scale as a company. And so when Open Campus approached us to run their workforce side as a strategic partner, it was really thinking about how do we leverage this to support our growth, but also support other companies as well. And so the accelerator that we launched is one of the first initiatives that's looking to back great companies, provide them options to succeed. And that's a combination of financing, a combination of partnerships, ecosystem platform, but more importantly, help expose them to blockchain and crypto and how that can actually help leverage their business to move forward. So we've had cohort one kickoff last Friday. We run cohorts every eight weeks. It's really focusing on establish education companies that yeah. are trying to build their brand, build their position, and how can we cross-pollinate and collaborate together? Nice. And these are from all over the world or certain regions or from where? Yeah, so I think one of our big thesis right now is working with emerging markets. So this cohort, we have folks from LATAM, from Southeast Asia, from Africa, and it just depends on the ability of the founder to pick up new skills, but also work with us at the foundation to deploy capital into them. At the end of the day, we don't just see ourselves as a crypto education foundation, but how do you really build the infrastructure, technology, um, the insights to help great teams move forward, but also learn as guinea pigs ourselves to figure out how they can grow. When I think, you know, back to my earlier point around the VC model, I think there's a time and place for that. But for education businesses that take years to show ROI, you need to have more of a long-term horizon when it comes to supporting teams. So I think we're, we're really designing the infrastructure from the ground up and yeah, super excited to see what we can share more, hopefully in a year's time. Nice. Looking forward to hearing that and following what you're doing. Thanks for coming back and doing a quick update, letting us know where things have, you know, evolved in the last couple of years. It's great to see, you know, there are a few people I've interviewed where I don't think they're around anymore. It's awesome to see companies that are continuing to, you know, like you said, hunker down and make it through the, the changes that we can't predict, the crazy things that we've seen happen. What do you, what's on the horizon? What do you 
excited about future forward looking in the next, you know, I, I know nothing's predictable, but you know, what do you, what do you see in the next year or so that is different from what you see today? I think even having the luxury to think about the next six months is a big deal for us. Most companies are thinking about two months, one month, how to make next year, uh, next month's payroll. And I think, you know, now that we've kind of found our position, it's really thinking about how do we enable more companies to think forward because the best work really comes out of a crisis. But once you've figured out that position, that innovation, that product, that asset, it's about executing and doing that with precision. So I think over the next couple of months, you'll see more companies sprout out of the new campus, open campus portfolio. But it's a matter of how do you enable these founders to do their great work because what they're doing is important, but more importantly, you need them to give that room to, to, to grow themselves. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out. If people want to know more about this accelerator and what you guys are doing now, they should just go to new campus website and find it there. Is that the best way? There'll be more uh, announcements over the next couple of weeks. Uh, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter. You can find us out on, on our website as well. But appreciate your time, Eli. Always good to have a reflection to check in. Yeah, thanks for coming back and doing this again. Thanks, mate. We'll keep in touch. Two, two more years, we'll do it again. Sounds like a plan. Let's not Pretty make so. it that long. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Products with Purpose. It is so meaningful to me that you have taken a moment to trust me with your ears and your time. It's a very personal thing, and I hope that the value brought to you in this conversation has been significant. I would really appreciate your feedback. You would reach out at any time and let me know what you think about the show, how you think we might be able to improve it, what value it's bringing to you, presuming that you're here because it's valuable to you. And remember, the idea of this show is to cross-pollinate ideas, to connect people together who are working on things where they could either collaborate and make each other better or learn from each other. So please don't hesitate to reach out to me if there's someone you'd like to connect with. And also, if you think you know someone who would benefit from hearing this episode, please do take a moment and share it with them. You never know what that might lead to. And you never know who out there that you know just needs something a little bit uplifting and inspiring and a reason for optimism. So again, thank you for being here and until next week.